Hi. Hi. Welcome to Ghoul Gals. I'm Cassandra. And I'm Julie. And today we're talking about pets. <laughs> little baby pets. Oh, <laughs> little pets. Is yours cute at all? Like your topic? Mm, no. I know your pet is cute. But <laughs> your, your pets, plural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so mine is a little, mm, a little bit. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start like uh, wider and then narrow down to what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, your, that sounds good. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so today I'm going to talk about the demon cat of cute. Washington, D.C. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the, the most boring place. Um, wait until you hear about these hauntings <laughs> and then maybe you'll think differently. <laughs> okay, true. I'm yeah. ready to be amazed. Um, get ready. <laughs> so many people have said that the White House itself is one of the most famous haunted houses in the world. I would believe that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's all kinds of shady shit going on oh, there. Oh, yeah. Who knows how many people have died. Many people have died. <laughs> many presidents have died. Or, or family members. <laughs> I was going to say yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, no, not that many. But family members have died, etc. Uh-huh. So um, I'm going to start out immediately with a story. So on a lonely night in 1946, <laughs> sexy, um, <laughs> President Harry S. Truman <laughs> <Less sexy. laughs> went to bed at 9 p.m. What? <laughs> the president is going to bed at 9 p.m. <laughs> he didn't have as much. He didn't have as much to do. I guess it was a slow day. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so about six hours later, he heard it. Knock. Knock, knock. The sound against his bedroom door awakened him. He wrote to his wife in a letter that is archived in the Presidential Library and Museum. Quote, I jumped up and put on my bathrobe, opened the door, and no one there, (gasps) he wrote. Went out and looked up and down the hall, looked in your room and Margie's, still no one. Went back to bed after locking the doors, and there were footsteps in your room whose door I'd left open. Jumped and looked, and no one there. Oh, my God. I love the way he's writing this, too. He's like, I'm too busy to write I, I the word just... I. <laughs> um, the damned place is haunted, sure as shooting. <laughs> Secret Service said not even a watchman was up here at that hour. What? You and Margie had better come back and protect me before some of these ghosts carry me off. (laughs) That's cute. That is cute. (laughs) So Jared Broach, uh, who is the founder of the company Nightly Spirits, which offers tours of haunted areas in several cities across the country. Mm -hmm. When he started out, he, in 2012, he offered only one tour which was the White House. What? Right. You could... <laughs> I can't believe that that is possible. Is this the official like ghost tour company for the White House? <laughs> right. Or is it just like people being like, okay, you have to buy a ticket to tour the West Wing at this time specifically. <laughs> um, and then we'll all meet there. And the, the, the official person will talk about whatever. But then I will be secretly talking about all the ghosts. I will be whispering to you all of the haunted things. <laughs> Um, but so anyway, so Jared Broach wrote, 
The White House has the best ghost stories, and I'd call them the most verified, Brooch said. Honestly, Interesting. we could do a 10-hour tour if we really wanted to. One it's of his... too long. <laughs> <laughs> One of his favorite stories is about David Burns, who sold the land where the White House sits, and whose voice has been reportedly heard in the Oval Office. I'm Do they know what his voice sounds like? Well, here, Does he say, I'm David Burns? What, girl. <laughs> he literally says, I'm Mr. Burns. <laughs> uh, which is exactly how Brooch would say that during tourists <laughs> when he got to that part of the story. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> I love a ghost that announces themselves. <laughs> I'm Mr. Burns. That's all he says. <laughs> I'm picturing Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Oh <laughs> Gross. Uh, so then when asked if he believes in ghosts, Brooch says, for sure. Well, he better. That's his whole business. <laughs> right? And he also says, if I said no, I'd be calling about eight different presidents liars, he said. <laughs> Which oh is my god. Fantastic. So I'm gonna talk a little bit more about some different hauntings in the White House. Nice. So one of these ghosts would be Abraham Lincoln. <gasps> what? So he reportedly received regular visits from his son Willie, who died in the White House in mm-hmm. uh, 1862 at the age of eleven, which yeah. Um, I knew about that one. I've heard about Sanders heard about. Yeah. Um he probably died of typhoid fever. And Mary Todd Lincoln, who is so grief stricken by the loss that she remained in her in her room for weeks, mm-hmm. spoke of seeing her son's ghost once at the foot of her bed. There are also reports of her hearing Thomas Thomas Jefferson playing the violin. I, again, don't know how she knows that it's him. Right. And Andrew Jackson swearing. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. After his assassination in 1865, Lincoln apparently joined his son in his phantasmal visits, uh, because First Lady Grace Coolidge spoke in magazine accounts of seeing him look out a window in what had been his office. Many more sightings would come in the decades and presidential administrations that followed, with Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands was sleeping in the Lincoln bedroom in 1942 when she reportedly heard a knock on her bedroom door, opened it to see the bearded president. What? And fainted. <laughs> Fair enough. Right? Um, so two years earlier, British Prime Minister, and this is my favorite <laughs> thing, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, according to accounts, had just stepped out of a hot bath oh, in that same room, oh so God. Lincoln's the bedroom, Lincoln bedroom. Mm-hmm, and was wearing nothing but a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> when he encountered Lincoln by the fireplace. Oh, my God. Good evening, Mr. President, Churchill reportedly Stop. said. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> Stop it. He did not. That's, oh my that's God. the story. And I want it to be true. I want it to be true. Too. Uh, I, I love it so much. So, um, <laughs> so in his research, Broach said that he found... That Lincoln seems to be the most common visitor among the White House's ghosts, and also the one who carries the greatest burden. 
They say Lincoln always comes back whenever he feels the country is in need or in peril, Broach said. That's all the time. I know. Is he here? <laughs> um, they say he just strides up and down the second floor hallways and raps on doors and stands by windows. Why is he knocking on so many doors? Right? Was that something that he did a lot when he was alive? Like, this is where, this is your house. <laughs> this is where you live. You don't have to knock. You don't have to knock. <laughs> Can you imagine fucking Donald Trump oh. seeing Lincoln's ghost? <laughs> oh my god! Isn't that so scary? I would read that story in a second. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, if he, if there, and there will be, I'm sure, he's going to like <laughs> write a book about his time as president, because most presidents do also. Mm-hmm. But he's gonna if he had a chapter else. that's like, Abraham Lincoln's ghost, <laughs> I would, I would only read that I chapter. would buy that book. <laughs> and otherwise, there's no way that I would ever buy that book. No. But I would buy it in a second. I would read it. Uh, read it from you. <laughs> from my copy? <laughs> yeah. You'd <borrow> my copy. <laughs> oh, oh God. In a 1989 Washington Post article, White House curator Rex Scooten... <laughs> said that President Ronald Reagan had commented that his dog would go into any room except the Lincoln bedroom. He'd just stand outside the door and bark, Scootin said. I might be scouting. No, it's scooting. Um, Scooting's more fun. All right. So there were also haunting accounts involving two presidents' wives. So Abigail Adams was the first first lady to live in the White House and used the East Room to dry sheets. I love, like, how back in the day it was, like, they were just normal people in a room. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Like, (laughs) she was drying her sheets, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So since her death, there have been reported sightings of her likeness in that area. She walks, according to the accounts, with her arms outstretched as if holding clean linens. Or pretending to be, like, a mummy or something. (laughs) That was me, obviously. I bet that's, that's it. I bet that's what she's going <laughs> that's for. It's not the article. That's just what I want. <laughs> um, so Dolly Madison um, seems to have chosen a better eternal pastime, Fair. taking care of the garden. Mm. So during the Woodrow Wilson administration, <laughs> staff members reported seeing her ghost as they were about to move the rose garden. They apparently decided afterward to leave it where she wanted it. Ooh. Yikes. Didn't they just do something with that? With the Rose Garden? Um, or something? Did you hear it? Does yeah. that sound familiar? Yeah, Melania Trump um, redid it. Oh. And people said that it looked kind of... Bad. Stark. <laughs> Although, like, I don't know. I was reading more articles about it, and it was like, it's probably fine, mm-hmm. but it just... Yeah. You know, people, yeah. people are yeah. looking for reasons oh, yeah. to comment. Mm-hmm. But so, did she get haunted by Dolly Madison? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there, there we go. In her tell-all book, one entire after she divorces Donald Trump, <laughs> <laughs> one entire chapter, oh the ghost God. of Dolly Madison. What I learned from the ghost of Dolly Madison. What I learned from ignoring the ghost of Dolly Madison. <laughs> oh, no. God. Oh, man. So Dolly Madison is also connected to another storied Washington location. So when the British burned down their home in the War of 1812, she and President James Madison moved to the Octagon House on the corner of 18th Street and New York Avenue Northwest, making it the temporary White House. 
So unexplained occurrences there have been linked to the deaths of three women, including two daughters of the wealthy man who built the house. Oh. So in both incidents, according to a newspaper account, mm-hmm. the women had argued with their father about who they wanted to marry and then fell from the same staircase. What? So it's like the same thing happened to oh two women. Oh, my God. Um, so bells could be heard in the house when no one was there to ring them, reads a 1969 Washington Post article about the location. A specter of a girl in white could be seen slipping up the stairway, which sounds terrifying. Uh, screams and morbid groans could be heard emanating from the house. And some insisted that it was impossible to cross the hall at the foot of the stairwell on certain days without unconsciously going around some unseen obstacle on the floor. Ooh. Which is very cool. Yeah. I like that I like a that. Lot. We should go there. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. Um, is the, so the, the how, is the house itself still there right now? Right now? Uh, yes. So it is still there. Right. So we can go visit on our haunted tour. Yes. I'll <laughs> add it to the list. <laughs> um, so truly terrifying things in the White House. Yeah. But why are we here? We're here for pets. What? Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. We're yeah. definitely here for pets. Super excited. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about the demon cat. Oh, that's right. I'm very excited about this. Also referred to as DC. <laughs> you get it? I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> it is a ghost of a cat. Oh. Which is purported to haunt the government building of Washington DC, the government buildings oh. of Washington DC in the United States. So it's been seen in a few different buildings. Weird. Which is very weird. Yes. Yeah. So the story of the demon cat dates back to the mid 1800s when cats were brought into the basement of tunnels of the United States Capitol building to eat rats and mice. So legend states that the demon cat is one of those cats who never left, even after its death. Oh my god. <laughs> so its its home is supposedly the basement crypt of the Capitol building, okay. which was originally intended, I didn't know this, as a burial chamber for George Washington. What? Right? So it's literally a crypt. It is a crypt. Oh. I know. Oh, oh, he's but, right. But that's not where he's buried. No, no. But it was intended to be. Weird. Yeah. Can you imagine just George Washington's remains being under the Capitol? Oh building? my God. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy. And them using his um, his bones his power. like the yikes, <laughs> uh, like the uh, like the what is it? The crypts underneath. Uh, Paris, the catacombs, the catacombs? Mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So having his little skull, using his femur for like a door handle or something. They should bury all presidents down there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exhume them, exhume them. <laughs> Are presidents allowed to get cremated? Do you think? That's a great question. Hmm. I mean, hmm. I feel like they can choose. But, yeah. But have any been cremated? I don't know. Yeah, because cremation has just become popular in the U.S. Yeah. Like, within the last, what, 40 years, maybe? Yeah. And mm-hmm. there haven't been a ton of presidential deaths in that time. Yeah. Only a few. Mm-hmm. 
Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so back to the cat. So the yeah, cat sorry. is yeah. described. No, I love it. Uh, the cat is described as fully black and the size of an average house cat. But witnesses report that the cat swells to the size of a giant tiger. Oh. I've also seen elephant. Oh, what? Which is much larger. Um, I think more people would notice that. <laughs> uh, or like 10 feet by 10 feet when alerted. Uh, so don't alert it, I guess. Alerted so, like like startled? Or like... Yeah, I think like startled. Okay. So not someone is alerting it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so the cat would then either explode what? or pounce at the witness disappearing before it managed to catch its victim. So like pouncing and then disappearing. Yeah, because so it can't catch its victim because it's a ghost. Yes, because it is a ghost. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my God. Seeing a cat? Yeah. That grows up that big and then... Yeah, and then pounces oh at you? Oh my gosh. I would pee my pants for yeah, sure. I would... I would be excited. And then I would be like, <laughs> wait. And then I would be like, you know what? If this is how I have to go, then so be it. <laughs> I love it. So the first mention of the demon cat dates back to 1862 during the Civil War when Union soldiers uh, defending Washington, D.C. bunked in the Capitol building. So night watchmen at the Capitol claimed to have seen an ordinary black cat appear and then grow to ginormous proportions before (laughs) pouncing with an uh, unworldly screech. Uh, One guard even opened fire at the mysterious shape, which this is a quote, not sure where they found it. Um, So when I shot at the critter, it jumped right over my head, he said. So it survived that. Uh, But then, just as quickly, the cat disappeared for decades. Newspaper reports mention a sighting of the spectral feline in 1898, noting that it had been absent for 35 years. Uh, Weird. Yeah. So in the 1890s, the cat is said to have inexplicably vanished when some Capitol Hill guards fired their guns at it, and another supposedly died of a heart attack after seeing it. That happened during the insurrection, too. because they saw a giant cat (laughs) maybe (laughs) yikes that's what the insurrectionists should say it was their excuse yeah controlled by a demon it was the demon cat obviously (laughs) Um, jesus christ (laughs) no i feel like whenever people are say like all those rats in dc or whatever like um like dc is terrible or dc Mm. is garbage it'll Mm. be like don't talk about the cat like that. Like, it's just a, a little demon cat. All those rats inside the demon cat's tummy. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. <laughs> All right. So in 1898, the Washington Post, which is the article that mentioned that it had been 35 years, mm-hmm. said, quote, The feline spook of the capital <laughs> possesses attributes much more remarkable inasmuch as as it has the appearance of an ordinary pussy when first seen, <laughs> and presently swells up to the size of an elephant before the eyes of the terrified observer. Oh my god. So, um, <laughs> that was the end of the quote. Capital guards on the night shift reported seeing and even fighting with the demon cat, um, according to another Post article published in 1935, so, like, 
another 37 years mm-hmm, later. Mm-hmm. Its first appearance was mentioned in the congressional record around the time of the Civil War, which was when we were here. Right. Uh, when one worker said they saw a cat, quote, so full of pep <laughs> that it hissed like a wash boiler as it jumped, <laughs> uh, mouth wide open and radio ad like teeth agleam. Radio, radio ad, ad like teeth. I have no idea what, what that could possibly mean. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, no idea. <laughs> and also in that post article in 1935, I have some quotes from it. Ooh. One day, for instance, a Capitol policeman whose integrity is better than his marksmanship <laughs> reported taking pot shot, <laughs> quote, at a big black cat that seemed to grow as I looked at it. Oh my god. From his description, the. <laughs> Stygian, uh, which is like uh, of the river Styx, <laughs> so like wow. this hellcat. Wow. Um, the Stygian feline appeared to have the eyes of Eddie Cantor <laughs> and the generous proportions of Mae West, <laughs> plus the disposition of Bella Lugosi. <laughs> then we get the wonderful quote when i shot at the critter it jumped right over my head explained the guardian of capital traditions and decorum so, that's great i love reading old timey articles yeah. um, they because, use so many different names in it uh-huh and words that i've never heard they're they're so like they use a lot of literary devices in them like it's not just straight reporting like it's so dramatic <laughs> But oh, oh my god, this Eddie Cantor and Mae West and Bill Lugosi. Yep. That's like my dream self. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eddie Cantor, I could take a, take or leave. But. Yeah, I don't know. His eyes are pretty great. So then another quote from that same article. When first seen, the demon cat is just an ordinary tabby, but rapidly assumes gigantic size before the chilled observer has time to say, Joe Robinson or Arthur Robinson Depending on his particular political affiliation. <laughs> so I don't what? know who any of these people are, but I love the writing still. What the hell does that mean? Um, one is one party, I one's mean, the other. I mean, I understand, like, what they're getting at, but, like, <laughs> why? I can't, I can't, like, I can't even take a guess uh, which is which or, you know. Like, right. Where these names came from. Never heard of either. Yeah. So for the novelty of the thing, the eyes of this elephantine alley trooper are supposed to glow with all the hue and ferocity of the headlights of a fire engine entering one of the Washington's notoriously dark alleys. Oh my god. Dramatic. Yes. Uh, so the last official sighting of the alleged ghost was during the final days uh, or aftermath of World War II in the 1940s. Unfortunately, I couldn't really find any actual articles on that. Mm. But much like its inaugural appearance during the Civil War, the present-day DC legend tells us the cat appears like a terrible omen during national emergencies. So modern retellings of the myth state that the ghost cat appeared before President Abraham Lincoln's assassination in 1865, the stock market crash of 1929, and President John F. Kennedy's assassination in 1963. Well, those are so, big. That's a harbinger, if yeah. I've ever seen one. <laughs> those are three big, event- <laughs> big, big events. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Oh. 
Um, so I have some information on what we think. Could it be true? Yeah. Could it be true? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so Steve Livengood, the chief tour guide of the U.S. Capitol Historical Society, says... It's probably the most common of all the ghost stories in the capital, partly because of the physical evidence. So, Interesting. Yeah. Do elaborate, uh, Stephen. <laughs> so since joining the U.S. Capitol Historical Society in 1973, Live Good has become an expert on the tale. So the main thing uh, that is seen... No, I'm just going to read it all. Okay, so he says, quote, The story probably goes back to post-Civil War era. We know that. Sure. The main thing is that the people who would see it, particularly, were the night watchmen, uh, says Live and Good. So the most common version of the legend goes that the guard was on patrol one night and he saw a black cat approaching. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple features in the Capitol building that are said to be evidence of the demon cat's existence. So the most famous of these is a group of shallow paw prints in the concrete of the small Senate rotunda. That's right. So in 1898, which is that same time when all those articles were coming out, Mm -hmm. the Capitol building was damaged by a gas explosion. And according to Live and Good, in some spots, the original stone was replaced by concrete. He says, it's quite possible that a cat walked across a wet concrete, he says, just enough to leave some impressions. Mm -hmm. It's as you come out of the old Supreme Court chamber. There may be six or eight pretty clear ones. Oh, my God. Uh, And there's a little picture. So it could just be a cat. But I will say that in the this image, there are like two paw prints, but like mm-hmm. no paw prints behind it or yeah. around it. So it could be ghosts. Interesting. You don't know. Yeah, like they just the kind ghost, of like appear. The ghost like touched down and then like floated away. Yes. <laughs> Which I'll take. Love it. In another part of the building, Live and Good also notes that the letters DC have been scratched into the concrete. <laughs> and, and he says, quote, everyone says that's the demon cat putting its initials there. So it just says DC, which I mean, you're in DC. So, OK, whatever. That seems like that a could stretch. be anything. Cats uh, can't do that. <laughs> I'm the owner of two cats myself. They're not that smart. They couldn't do it. I don't think so. <laughs> So as much fun as it is to believe that there's a monster cat prowling the midnight halls of the U.S. Capitol, Live and Good isn't having it. Uh, He says, I can put enough pieces together to know where the legend came from. He says, the night watchmen were not professionals. They would often be some senator's 'er ne'er-do-well brother-in-law that had a drinking problem. Oh, my God. So Live and Good's theory is that these early Capitol Guards would often get so drunk they'd fall down. Oh, my God. So when one of the building's cats came and licked their face, they assumed it must have been monster size. But when the guard in question reported their ravings to a superior, the boss couldn't really discipline him for drinking because of his high-powered connections. Mm -hmm. So the guard would simply have been sent home to recover. So Levin Good says, then the other guards realize that if they see the cat and get attacked, then they get a day off, and that's how history gets written. (laughs) Which seems a little dark for me, but (laughs) sure. 
So Live and Good says that while he regularly gets asked about the demon cat or sees visitors using their cell phones to illuminate the faint paw prints in the small Senate rotunda, he's never heard of a modern sighting of the creature. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. I've never had anyone who felt they had an experience like that, he says. Hmm. Still, Live and Good sees ghost stories as an important part of the building's history. They humanize the building, he says. One of the things I try to get across to people as I'm giving a tour is that the spirit of the people who built the building and the people who have acted out history in it are still there, and you can feel it. Oh, okay. Which is great. I like that. Which is very cute. Yeah. And then, uh, this is also just fun, but uh, just sprinkle in. (laughs) So founded in 2006, the D.C. Demon Cats are one of Washington, D.C.'s four roller derby home (gasps) teams. Stop. Oh, that's great. (laughs) So you can see the the D.C. Demon Cats. Oh, can you imagine um, being one of the other teams and being like, oh, we missed it. We 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 could have done that, man. I wonder what the other names are. Like, I don't know. I can't even. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they, I was going to say they're probably not very good, but they're probably really great because I think roller derby names are fantastic. They're always so creative. Yeah. Like the team names and the the skate name, the skater names. Each of their names. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would love to, we should come up with um, derby names for each other. Yeah. I have a friend, um, Alana, who's in roller derby. Mm Mm-hmm. And her name is uh, Smashley Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, so you talked about a cat, and I'm going to talk about a dog, which is very sweet. Yes. Um, I mean, this dog is not... Well, we'll we'll see. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm talking today about um, Black Shuck. I have never heard of this. You have, but... (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that I've ever heard not, of this. Not this specific name, I guess, probably, but um, you'll see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so Britain, for some reason, is home to a lot of ghostly dogs. Sounds right. Um, a beast of Exmoor, right? Isn't that yeah, one? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, my first thought when I read that sentence, not even a sentence, when I read that, um, was the Hound of the Baskervilles from Sherlock Holmes, oh. which is not a real dog, obviously, but um, and wasn't a real dog in the story either. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and I I found this a little interesting because like wolves are extinct in the UK. Oh, like there are none yeah. <laughs> at all, and there haven't been any since um, the reign of King Henry the Seventh. Oh my word! Yeah, it's quite weird. Yeah, yeah. That's sad. It is sad. Hmm. We're, we're on track for that here, but... Yeah. Because we suck. We do suck. We... People. As know. a collective. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but th- the most famous of these is Black Shuck, which is also known as Old Shuck, Old Shock, and sometimes just Shuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. So like for some reason, the shuck, name, yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds like a swear word. Because it sounds like fuck. Maybe it rhymes with fuck. It's Maybe. like shit and fuck together. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like, oh shucks, I'm gonna <laughs> shuck my pants. <laughs> like that sounds like something, and I don't like it. <laughs> I agree with you there. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know what to tell you because <laughs> I'm going to keep saying the name. So, <laughs> uh, so Black Shuck is said to roam the coastline and countryside of East Anglia, which I find very spooky visually. Mm-hmm. Like I immediately pictured like the opposite of the the scene in Pride and Prejudice when Darcy is walking across the field and then Elizabeth is there. And yes. Then, like and it's all warm yeah, and, and like it's cold. <laughs> it is so weird it's so strange i remember as a kid being like giddy watching Uh it and now i'm like this part's my least favorite part yeah like it doesn't feel like they love each other at all in that one scene and she's like in her pajamas but in a bad way i don't know (laughs) it's beautiful though it is visually it is visually stunning um so, like, in that scene, there's, like, warm colors of sunrise, and then, like, there's dew on the ground. Uh-huh. There's, like, a low-hanging mist across the field. It's just beautiful. Their cheeks are rosy. <laughs> His hands are cold. His hands are freezing. <laughs> but so, for this, like, the this, this ghost dog haunting the coastlines and countryside, mm-hmm. I'm picturing, like... Dark blue skies, Ooh. like nighttime, black silhouetted trees. <laughs> the 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 fog is still hanging by the ground, but it's creepy now. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, now I'm picturing like um, the way that uh, Belle's dad went. Yes. In Which the... he's like, oh, like the beautiful, <laughs> the beautiful path, yeah. or the creepy path, yeah. full of. Like jagged trees and darkness. <laughs> Obstacles on the trail. Yeah. But the other one's like a clear path and mm-hmm. it's bright and beautiful. And like a butterfly flies by. This is a shortcut, Philippe. <laughs> <laughs> Philippe knew. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of similar to what I'm picturing too. And then like cliffs, like jagged, big, tall English cliffs and, like, a roaring sea at the bottom. And it's just all very spooky. <laughs> I love so it. I like I'm it. There. I like I'm, it. I'm into I'm it. I'm there mentally now. I can't wait. Excellent. <laughs> so the word shuck mm-hmm. is one that I've never heard before outside of, like, shucking an ear of corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shucking corn. Yeah. And I don't think that's what they were thinking of when they named this dog. <laughs> so the dog doesn't shuck corn? No. Do they have corn in England? Like, do they grow it there? I don't know. I because, like um, again, ooh, back to Disney. Um, thinking of Pocahontas. Uh-huh. When, like, John Smith is describing gold. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, Pocahontas, we have we that. We have gold. And Here's just corn. Here's <laughs> corn. corn. Um, and he's like, this isn't what I yeah. want. But it seems like that's native to here. Yeah, because the, I mean, when when we were in elementary school, I don't know about you, but we learned about uh, Squanto teaching the pilgrims to about corn, like just being like, this is corn, and then they planted it, and <laughs> then they corn. could eat. This is what tastes good. Yeah, <laughs> this is delicious. <laughs> anyway, um... So, in this case, it's derived from an old English word, skucka. I don't think I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. but that's how it's spelled, mm-hmm. uh, which means devil or fiend. What? Yeah. I would not have assumed that. <laughs> no. Sounds like, uh, like a, you know, the yucca plant. So it'd be like yeah, the, skucka. The skucka plant. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds no. like harmless. Yeah. Kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
And and that word is from the root word ska, which means to terrify. Oh no. So yeah. it's a scary dog. Scary dog. Images of sinister black dogs have become part of the iconography of the region and they appear in popular culture too. Mm. So aside from being just a black dog, (laughs) (laughs) there have been a few descriptions of Black Shuck. One is in a 1901 book called Highways and Byways in East Anglia. Okay. By W.A. Dutt. Not to be rude, but that sounds (laughs) self-published. Yeah. You know, like it's... Yes, uh, I agree completely. Mm -hmm. Not in a bad way, but just... That name yeah, this is, is like, not catchy. This W.A. Dutt is absolutely, like, so into <laughs> East Anglia. Like, no <laughs> one else is this interested. He's presented it to publishers, and they're like, mm, no. Good job with putting this together, but this will not sell. It's too specific. <laughs> no one's going to want it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but so uh, W.A. Dutt describes Old Shuck like this. He says... He takes the form of a huge black dog and prowls along dark lanes and lonesome field footpaths, where although his howling makes the hearer's blood run cold, Mm -hmm. his footfalls make no sound. (gasps) No. Yeah. You may know him at once, should you see him, by his fiery eye. He has but one. And that, like the Cyclops, is in the middle of his head. No! (laughs) This is just this one description. Okay. Um, But such an encounter might bring you the worst of luck. It is even said that to meet him is to be warned that your death will occur before the end of the year. So you will do well to shut your eyes if you hear him (laughs) howling. Shut them even if you are uncertain whether it is the dog fiend or the voice of the wind you hear. Yikes. Should you never set eyes on our Norfolk Snarly Yow? The what? I don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) You may perhaps doubt his existence and, like other learned folks, tell us that his story is nothing but the old Scandinavian myth of the Black Hound of Odin, brought to us by the Vikings who long ago settled down on the Norfolk coast. Wow, that was super dramatic. That was like reading the 1935 yes. thing. <laughs> yes, this is like, this is this book I can only imagine is like, if you want to have fun, go to this forest. You know, like like, mm-hmm. like a what you would find at a travel center today. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so dramatic yeah. and scary. Well, Cyclops dog. Yeah. That will that like doesn't tell you that you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-mm-mm. It wow. makes like howling sound, but not like walking sound. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Simon Sherwood suggests that the earliest surviving description of devilish black hounds is an account of an incident in the Peterborough Abbey recorded in the Peterborough Chronicle around 1127. What? <laughs> That's so long ago. Yeah. Yikes. Uh Uh-huh. And it said in this, um, let no one be surprised at the truth of what we are about to relate. For it was common knowledge throughout the whole country that immediately after Abbot Henry of Poitou's arrival at Peterborough Abbey, it was the Sunday when they sing 
Exurge Quar. Oh, yes. I don't know. Exurge Quar, <laughs> my favorite hymn. <laughs> Many men both saw and heard a great number of huntsmen hunting. The huntsmen were black, huge and hideous, and rode on black horses and on black he-goats. And the hounds were jet black with eyes like saucer and saucers. <laughs> with eyes like saucer. <laughs> I ruined that sentence. <laughs> that scary sentence. Okay, let me restart. <laughs> the huntsmen were black, huge and hideous, and rode on black horses and on black he-goats. He-goats? <laughs> <laughs> And the hounds were jet black with eyes like saucers and horrible. That's where the sentence ends. <laughs> <laughs> this was seen in the very deer park of the town of Peterborough and in all the woods that stretch from that same town to Stamford. Uh, and in the night, the monks heard them sounding and winding their horns. Reliable witnesses who kept watch in the night declared that there might well have been as many as 20 or 30 of them, winding their horns as near they could tell. This was seen and heard from the time of his arrival all through Lent and right up to Easter. So I don't 100% know what's going on here. Lent to Easter. So there's so many, many people Mm -hmm. heard a bunch of probably demons. group of demons riding along. I just don't (sighs) understand. Like, I don't know... Whose arrival they're talking about? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, whatever. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's still uh, yikes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in on Wikipedia, they it said that this description also describes the folkloric wild hunt, which I was like, oh, I know that, and I know that because it, um, the name of the third Witcher video game <laughs> is The Witcher Three: The Wild Hunt. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. Uh-huh. Um, wow. And so it, it linked to that page, so I just want to talk about that for a little bit because I found it fascinating and oh my scary. God. Yes. <laughs> I um just woof. Just picturing a, a creature thing dressed in all black, mm-hmm. uh, riding a goat. <laughs> a he goat, um, A no male less. goat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Through the woods, I that's enough to get me. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, I would that I would hope to be like one of those guards and die of a heart attack right at that moment. Because <laughs> um, I couldn't possibly live I'd be after too that. Traumatized afterwards, <laughs> life would be no fun anymore. No, uh, not for me. Not for anyone around me. I would make sure of that. Uh, I feel like it would either be like so stupid looking because goats are small. They are pretty like, small. <laughs> But then I'm also like, okay, well, you were terrified of Black Philip in uh, The yeah. Witch. But so... the way they, oh, the way that they filmed it mm-hmm. and made him look huge. Mm-hmm. And... Well, maybe that's, I mean, if these are like devil goats or something, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know what a key goat is. Devil <laughs> miracle grow in their food. <laughs> I'm going to ride you. The devil's using his magic to make them bigger. <laughs> <laughs> like Cinderella. <laughs> Okay, so the wild hunt is a folklore motif um, that historically occurs in the folklore of various northern European cultures. Wild hunts typically involve a soul-raving chase 
led by a mythological figure escorted by a ghostly or supernatural group of hunters passing in wild pursuit. Woof. Isn't that so scary? That is extremely scary. (laughs) The leader of the hunt is often a named figure associated with Odin in Germanic legends, but may variously be a historical or legendary figure like Theodoric the Great, who I've never heard of. <laughs> the Danish king, Valdemar Adderdag. Voldemort Eldrey. Is that all what I said? No, that was what she said. <laughs> well, that's what I heard. Voldemort Adderdag. <laughs> Voldemort I can't even remember what you said. <laughs> Allerday? <laughs> God. <laughs> the Welsh psychopomp, which is a word I've never heard of before, and I don't know what it means. Uh, Gwyn op nud, which I'm sure I'm saying wrong, because Welsh doesn't make any sense. Uh, biblical figures such as Herod, Cain, Gabriel, or the devil himself. Woof. Or an unidentified lost soul or spirit, either male or female. Interesting. Yeah, which made it fun. Good for her. (laughs) Literally everything, I'm like, oh, that's too scary. Oh, I don't like it. It's a woman. Oh, okay, cool. Good for her. Good for her. Uh Uh, The hunters alongside these leaders are generally the souls of the dead or ghostly dogs. Sometimes fairies, valkyries, or elves. Oh, what is it like this is just the most insane thing. Yeah. I get why they use this as a basis for that game because it makes, you know, and it has is, like everything. Yeah. So seeing the wild hunt was thought to presage some catastrophe uh, such as war or plague mm-hmm. or at best the death of someone who witnessed it. <laughs> so like that's the best outcome. Yeah. Um, this is okay, so sorry. This is uh bringing me to specific SNL skit. So <laughs> Uh, Stefan, uh-huh. um, I could picture him describing this haunt, and I would love it. It's got Valkyries, it's got Elves, no. it's got Demons on He-Goats. <laughs> oh, that, oh my god. Oh, I wish we were friends with Bill Hader so we could go oh and do that. Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> Bill Hader, if you're listening, please let us in. Please. People encountering the hunt might also be abducted to the underworld or the fairy kingdom, uh, which is scarier than it sounds, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, no, the fairy kingdom's terrifying. Yeah. Um, in some instances, it was also believed that people's spirits could be pulled away during their sleep to join the cavalcade. Isn't that so scary? What? Do you not doing anything? You're just sleeping you're in just your sleeping. own bed? Yep. <gasps> and then the wild hunt passes outside your window and they grab your soul. Scoop you up. Yeah. <laughs> they snatch you. <laughs> <laughs> So that is the Wild Hunt, which is, you know... Is very cool. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, like, the earliest, like, writing. Or not writing. Yeah, no, I guess it is writing. That is the earliest um, description of a black... It's not necessarily Black Shock himself, but but it is a scary, ghostly black dog. Okay. Okay. So one of the most notable reports of Black Shock's appearance was at the churches of Bungay and Bl- Blithgerberg. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What? 
Bungay and Blithberg. <laughs> Blithberg? Blythberg? Blythberg. And it's B-L-Y-T-H-B-R-B-U-R-G-H. I like Blyth- Blithberg better. Blithberg, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's probably Blythberg. But... Bungay and Blythberg. <laughs> and these um, are in Suffolk. Which are, you know, like, I know all of these English towns, but I have no idea where they are in England. Um, On the 4th of August, 1577, at Blytheburg, Black Shuck is said to have burst in through the doors of Holy Trinity Church (gasps) to a clap of thunder. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Dramatic. Uh Uh-huh. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. He ran up the nave past a large congregation, killing a man and boy and causing the church steeple to collapse through the roof. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he's burst in, like, I'm imagining him kicking down the door and being like, oh, God, that's like an animated thing. I can picture it. It's not, okay, it? well, I'm thinking of uh, the Emperor's New Groove. That's exactly it. He knocks through the door. Boom, it. baby. <laughs> Oh, yes, that is it. Thank God. Okay, so exactly like that, except it's a demon dog. (laughs) Um, As the dog left, he left scorch marks on the north door, which can be seen at the church to this day. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Isn't that amazing? Well, no, we got to go there. Yeah, we got to add that to our trip. (laughs) The encounter on the same day at St. Mary's Church, Bungay, was described in <laughs> a strange and terrible wonder, which I'm going to read. I'm going to say that again in the way that it's spelled, okay. which is a strange and terrible wonder with W-U-N-D-E-R. <laughs> so uh, the wonder. British wonder. Mm-hmm. A, st- a strange... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know a how. Strange and terrible wound. Wunder. 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 <laughs> By Abraham Fleming in 1577. So this is exactly the same day at a different church. Okay. This black dog or the devil. Devil. <laughs> this is. It's all like old Englishy. Word. I know it's not old English. I love but it. It's, Ye old. It's all spelled wrong. <laughs> so this is written in. Um, old-timey English, mm-hmm. so it's all spelled wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to try to translate it. Um, this black dog, or the devil, in such a likeness, running all along down the body of the church with great swiftness and incredible haste, among the people in a visible form and shape, passed between two persons as they were kneeling upon their knees. <laughs> <laughs> And occupied in prayer, as it seemed, wrung the necks of them both at one instant clean backward. What? <laughs> what? Insomuch that even at a moment where they were where they kneeled, they strangely died. <laughs> I don't understand that. I don't either. But... I, I should have just ended it at clean backward. <laughs> yeah. So he just Snap their necks so far back. Clean backward. Oh, man. So they're the wrong uh, way. <laughs> think about walking into that old-timey, creepy mm. church at night, probably, sure. 
You open the doors and you see people kneeling and then you realize that their heads are backwards. So they're looking at you. Good And they should not be looking at you. And you know that their face was just like like frozen in in (laughs) terror. Gaping mouth. (laughs) Eyes like saucer eyes. Like that like that actor, like that comedian. Eddie Cantor. Like Eddie Cantor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, isn't that I mean that's like the scariest visual. It it keeps reminding me of um, I know this isn't quite the same. It's definitely not the same time period. But uh, Sleepy Hollow, the movie, do you remember when they're all in the church? And one of the guy's heads gets lopped off. I mean, everyone yes. said that's the whole point of that movie. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so it's just like mm-hmm. aesthetically so scary. Mm-hmm. Which I don't understand. Like, this is a dog doing this? I don't understand Did he use how his paws? this happened. Did he use his Little mouth. I don't know. Did he use his tail? Oh my god. <laughs> wow. So Abraham Fleming, who is the man who wrote this little thing I just read, mm-hmm. uh, he was a translator and editor for several printing houses in London and therefore probably only published his account based on exaggerated oral accounts. Okay. I believe it. Sure. Yeah. Other local accounts attribute the event to the devil. The scorch marks on the door are referred to by the locals as the devil's fingerprints. And the event is remembered in this verse. All down the church in midst of fire, the hellish monster flew. And passing onward to the choir, he many people slew. (gasps) Ooh, that's great. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Littleport, Cambridgeshire is home to two different legends of spectral black dogs, which have been linked to the black shuck folklore, but differ in significant aspects. Oh. Yeah. Local folklorist W.H. Barrett relates the story of a huge black dog haunting the area after being killed, rescuing a local girl from a lustful friar in pre-referation times. Ooh. uh, Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the dog died? Yes. He was killed. He was a good boy, though. Yeah, that was a good boy. He was a very, very good boy. A good boy, boy, yeah. A sweet, perfect boy. Oh my gosh. Uh Uh-huh. No. Um, and then fellow folklorist Enid Porter relates stories of a black dog haunting the A-10 road after its owner drowned in the nearby river Great Ooze. In the 1800s. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So. This is just sad. Yeah. <laughs> so these are just like hauntings. Mm-hmm. Less like demons. Yeah. Ghost <laughs> dogs, not like yeah. one-eyed. Cyclops devils. <laughs> <laughs> the first mention in print of Black Shuck, the name, not the dog itself. Mm-hmm. Um, is by Reverend E.S. Taylor in an 1850 edition of the journal Notes and Queries, which describes Shuck the Dog Fiend. (laughs) (laughs) And it says, This phantom I have heard many persons in East Norfolk and even Cambridgeshire describe as having seen as a black shaggy dog with fiery eyes and of immense size. And who visits churchyards at midnight. <gasps> What's he doing there? Just hanging out. <laughs> That's all it says. It does. <laughs> Just visiting. <laughs> Just spooking people. <laughs> 
there are some like theories about why this became a legend mm-hmm. and one of them is that sightings of hellhounds and other demonic figures and acts are often inspired by fearsome weather phenomena what yeah for example the sightings in Bungay are often attributed to to massive thunderstorms that caused buildings to collapse. Lightning strikes might burn wooden structures or at least cause a few stones to fall from stone churches, which would have probably been seen as the devil's work. Okay, sure. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, having that clap of thunder as he entered the church. Right. And then the steeple somehow, like, falling apart. Uh-huh. Like, that makes sense, Yeah, the scorch marks. And... But, like, the people dying? Right, the turned heads. Yeah, that seems a little much mm-hmm. for a storm. Yeah. So some people believe that the reported black shuck sighting surrounding the steeple collapse in Blytheburg spread so much and stuck in people's minds because of the Reformation that was happening at the time in Europe. Oh. So the Catholic Church may have been trying to scare people into staying at church. Oh, that sounds like them. Yeah. (laughs) That's very fitting. Yeah. For those guys. Um, (laughs) Although, like, the steeple of the church collapsing and people dying in the church Mm -hmm. would not make me want to stay at church uh no definitely (laughs) not and again like most folklore stories of scary black dogs could have also spread as a way to teach lessons sure yeah i mean yeah most of our stories are Mm -hmm. people trying to teach Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) parents may have used stories of the black shuck to keep kids out of certain rooms in the house or to stay away from strange dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So there was actually a excavation um, in East Anglia of a large dog in May of 2014. What? Yeah, so I'm going to talk about that real quick. This dog was excavated at Leaston Abbey by Dig Ventures. That sounds like that's a company, not yeah, a person. Right? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's also not like a school, like <laughs> you know, which was noted in the parish newsletter and then in the East Anglian Daily Times, which ran a tongue-in-cheek article asking whether they were the remains of Black Shuck. Dig Venture, Dig Ventures itself, unequivocally. Dick Venture. <laughs> Dick Ventures. <laughs> That was a Freudian slip. (laughs) (laughs) Dig Ventures itself unequivocally denied claims that the dog was black shuck, stating that it was 72 centimeters, which is 2.36 feet tall, uh, which is just around the size of a mastiff. Yeah, that's nothing special. Carbon dating of the bones indicated a date of either 1650 to 1690. Whoa. 1730 to 1810 what? or post-1920. What the heck? How? Carbon dating is like doesn't make any sense at all. No. I believe. Like, it just... <laughs> I feel like, they, like, how is this such a varied, like, mm-hmm. a, a period of 40 decades, I get. Mm-hmm. 40 decades. Four decades, I understand, but, like... Okay, this, this these bones are either from the 17th century or the 20th century. Or yesterday. Right, yeah. right. That doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> um, huh. 
And they said that the animal was likely to have been interred when there was no surface trace of the original building remaining. Mm. East Anglian poet and songwriter Martin Newell wrote about the discovery and retold some of the stories he heard from from locals while preparing his epic poem, Black Shuck, the Ghost Dog of Eastern England. I want to read that. (laughs) Me too. He says, the odd thing is that people today still claim sightings of Black Dog. (laughs) it's a quote you gotta say it (laughs) while researching my own project i was surprised at how seriously the story was taken especially in the north of the region ah you're writing about that now are you a norfolk shopkeeper asked me (laughs) well be careful they said one local woman told me that she'd seen black shuck early one summer morning in the 1950s near cromer when returning from a dance. A Suffolk man said he'd seen the dog one evening on the marshes near Felixstowe. I later read an old newspaper story of an encounter in Essex. The account was given of a midwife who had been cycling home after delivery during the 1930s. One winter's night, she claimed, she was followed by the creature through the lanes near Tolls Hunt, Darcy. These fucking English (laughs) (laughs) She added that the dog was huge, and no matter how fast she pedaled, it seemed to to effortlessly keep up with her. The apparition, which remained silent throughout, Mm. then suddenly vanished. (gasps) But all these people lived, so... Yeah, so I don't believe it. I don't know. I think you guys just saw a giant dog. (laughs) Unless it just got nicer as it got older. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm just a little old dog I'm just now. a puppy. I'm a good boy. <laughs> oh, I'm a good boy. So that's the story of Black Shuck and also kind of just hellhounds in general. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to go to that church and see yeah. the, the whatever, the devil's fingerprint. The sc- scorch marks, yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. Oh, that is cool. It's funny that you said the Sleepy Hollow stuff because when you were describing... It at the very beginning, like mm-hmm. the opposite of Pride and Prejudice 2005. Um, I was like, ooh, oh. that sounds kind of like Sleepy Hollow. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yikes. Mm, I love that movie. Sleepy Hollow? Yeah. Pride and Prejudice 2005? Yes. Emperor's oh. New Groove? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that you are, uh, are just saying Pride and Prejudice 2005 because that's what I wrote in here. Like, I'm. <laughs> Typically, Pride and Prejudice, parentheses, 2005. 2005. It's important. There's so many versions. You got to get the right version. Uh-huh. Cool. Cool. Cool indeed. I would have Black Shock or the Demon Cat as pets. Me too. Um, I think I'd have both of them as pets. Wouldn't that be terrible, though? Like, you walk into a room pets. and accidentally startle the Demon Cat, and it's just like, and like, huge. <laughs> <Gross>. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If it grew to the size of the room, that would be scary enough. But mm-hmm. if it wanted to keep growing, I'd be like, I don't have the space for that. <laughs> you gotta get I'm unstartled yeah, right now. It's me, you <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. I guess this is where we say, see you later, girls and boys. Bye. Bye. Hello, good morning.